Hello and welcome to another episode of Regularly Scheduled Hostility for August 16th. I'm your host Eric Turner. We have a jam-packed uh, episode this week. have a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of news, as well as uh, two pay-per-view uh, reviews and results to get into. So let's uh, get right into it. Uh, we'll start with uh, the news that Becky Lynch is relieved that the uh, boyfriend-girlfriend storyline between her and Seth is done with. And I think her and just about every fan out there is relieved because the angle wasn't getting over. They didn't even act like they were a real couple. So... Pretty much, you won't be hearing uh, Michael Cole saying, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, as relate as it relates to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch anymore, or at least not 20 times uh, a broadcast like you were hearing. Apparently, WWE is in talks to buy Fight TV, not sure, um, like how much money we're talking to buy Fight TV, I know Fight TV is pretty, pretty popular right now, uh, at least in this country, not sure about other countries, but in this country it's pretty damn popular, I mean you got pretty much any wrestling or outside of WWE anyway any wrestling or um, MMA or boxing event <clears throat> uh, that's out there it's pretty much on Fight TV so I imagine it's not gonna come cheap maybe you know a hundred million dollars I mean who knows I mean for WWE you know a hundred million dollars is pretty much just dropping the bucket but that's still definitely not a, a, a chunk change and I wonder what you know if WWE acquires it like what they're going to do with it are they going to continue basically what the the uh, formula is now for fight TV basically just offer pretty much everything you know, under the sun, as far as like combat sports and wrestling, um, you know, at a, you know, most of the stuff on there is pretty decently priced. Some of the stuff is a little overpriced, but for the most part, you know, most of the stuff on there is de decently priced. Or are they gonna start to sort of start to put like WWE stuff on there as well? Because right now, there's no, like, WWE stuff on there. So, that remains to be seen. I mean, whenever you're talking about, you know, potentially, you know, a hundred million dollar deal. I mean, sometimes these, these things take a little while to negotiate. Uh, moving on, you have, this is sort of old news at this point. Basically, a week and a half, two weeks old. 
but uh, Caleb Braxton uh, got into a little bit of Twitter heat. Basically, she said, "You ever been to a? Uh, ever went to a movie and then come to realize halfway through it's really bad, but you sit through it anyway?" Well, that's me. And I don't criticize people who make movies or TV shows because I have no experience uh, in movie making. Some of you should take note, I guess referring to, I guess, WWE, I guess. You know, and of course plenty, plenty of people complain about WWE. Um, you know, and... This comes from a woman who, you know, is criticized, like, restaurants, criticized, like, airlines. And I'm pretty sure she might have experience in working at a restaurant, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't have any experience working uh, in the airline industry. So it comes off very hypocritical. And plus, you're talking, she's basically talking to the WWE Universe or whatever. So this is definitely not a way to endear yourself to them. I mean, maybe she doesn't care what the WWE Universe thinks of her. But, Dublin came off pretty bad. Um, uh, with that tweet and responses to it. Were apropos of such a bad tweet. A lot of them basically saying... So we can't criticize uh, something that we have no experience in. Or, you know, a lot, a lot of people saying, I've been a fan of wrestling for 20, 30 plus years. And although I've never been in the ring, you know, I still have a right to uh, critique it if I want. So, moving on, uh, former WWE Superstar Darren Young is trying to get back into the wrestling ring. Apparently, I guess after he left WWE, um, he was trying to like get into acting or something like that. Apparently, nothing ever came of it. I mean, I haven't heard anything about TV shows or movies with Darren Young in it. So, apparently he's trying to get back into the wrestling ring. Um... Apparently he wants to get signed by like ROH or AEW. Basically, you know, a high, a high indie, or you know, AEW has a TV show coming up. So I don't know. Do we consider AEW an indie? I mean, if you got a national TV show, I don't know if I would consider you an indie. I don't think I would. I mean, you're talking about a national TV show being just, you know, broadcasted to, you know, 100 plus million homes every week. That's not an indie to me. But, you know. Uh, next, a uh, little topic. Uh, Maria Kanellis ended up losing the 24-7 title while she was at her OBGYN appointment. I talked about this uh, because it was two episodes ago. Um, and I thought it would be kind of funny uh, if she did end up losing it while she was at the OBGYN. And it ended up happening 
um, I guess she was like on the table or something. Uh, and her husband, Drake Maverick, came in and basically just put like a hand on her or a finger on her or something. And the referee was dressed as like a doctor with like the lab coat and stuff. Hit a pin there, uh, came to the pin for the 1 2 3, so Drake Maverick was the new 24 7 champion. And later that same episode, um, he lost it to R Truth, who was dressed as a woman. Um, he was dressed as a woman who was also there for her OBGYN appointment and got um, Drake in like a roll up. Uh, for the one, two, three. So, I think at this point, our truth is something like a 11 or 12 time 24 7 champion. The championship has been has been around for like two months, two, two and a half months, and he's already 11, 12 time champion. <laughs> Just pretty ridiculous. But also, pretty damn funny. One of the most entertaining things on TV right now for WWE is this 24-7 title uh, storyline. Moving along, uh, Vince McMahon is said to... Uh, is said to be having more influence on NXT in the near future. Which uh, is not a good sign for NXT. Um, not sure exactly what influence, I assume they mean, like, you know, the same sort of influence like what he has with the main roster. Like, basically, he can change storylines anytime he wants, even like an hour before TV. Um, and also, NXT is rumored, and it's a pretty strong rumor at this point, that they're going to be ending up on, like, Fox Sports 1 channel, so they'll basically, won't be on the network anymore, which sucks, because I like, uh, you know, I like, uh, you know, not being able to, not having to be there at 8 o'clock, I can watch it anytime I want after that, so I can watch NXT the next day. And not to say, I mean, I'm pretty sure NXT is going to be on the network like, the next day or something, or maybe right after it airs. But, you know, I just don't like uh, NXT being on TV. I think NXT is more for, like, the hardcore fan. And I think it's um, a little bit of a bonus to those people who decide to... Um, sign up for the network is hey you get this you know pretty decent show every week and it's exclusive to you that's the only way you can get it now it'll be displayed to you know how many ever millions of people have FS1 and Vince having more influence on NXT um, if it has anything if it comes off the way it comes off on the main roster TV shows this is going to be nothing but bad for NXT. So definitely not a fan of Vince having more influence on NXT. I think Triple H is doing a damn good, fine job uh, doing it. I mean, NXT is the best 
show they have right now. Um, so, don't know why Vince has to come in and have more influence. Moving along, uh, NWA is going to be taping uh, live TV uh, shows. They're going to air on TV. Uh, they're going to be taping in Atlanta come late September. There's no word yet on like what channel these are going to air on or when they're going to air. I mean, Assuming it's live TV, so I guess it'll be sometime in late September. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I'm sure there'll be more news about that. So the fact that NWA will be on TV, um, you know, is pretty cool. I mean, it's another wrestling show to watch. Um, another little story here, Jeff Hardy's going to be playing a music show at some bar, which given its history with alcohol isn't the best place, but hey, I mean it's not like Jeff Hardy's going to be playing, you know, a big, uh, you know, arena show, so I guess he only has a limited amount of spots, but um, you know, Jeff Hardy, uh, he's put out music before. Not sure how good it is or anything like that. Never listened to it, but you know, it's just another way for him to. Uh, he's always been a very um, expressive person. Um, like he does like graffiti art and stuff like that. So he's always been a person who always likes to express himself in like creative ways. So. Like I said, just hope it doesn't result in him, you know, having another alcohol-related arrest. Uh, so now we're going to move on to the NXT TakeOver Toronto review. Um, let's see, Io Shirai beat uh, Candice LeRae. And this was possibly match of the night. I heard this match being praised pretty much universally by everybody. Io Shirai's heel is badass and sexy as hell. She's one of my new fucking favorites on any on NXT or the main roster. Um, they both had a really great match, and I would give this a grade on this match but Io Shirai uh, pulled, uh, ended up winning and pulled it out and she ended up bringing out the kendo stick again and beating up Candice LeRae and this is just the first match in what uh, will be a uh, a little bit of a series here between the, three, between the two I assume it's going to be a, at least a three match series here so definitely looking forward to the other two. I mean, those other two matches in this series are probably going to be on the next two takeovers. So definitely something to look forward to. Um, next match. Uh, 
Street Profits. Street Profits retain their NXT Tag Team Championships against uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. It was a pretty good match. Uh, Street Profits continue to impress. Um, like I keep saying, the one guy that does the frog splash, he gets insane height off the top rope, off the top turnbuckle that frog splash that was the move that ended up winning the match for him so street profits retain moving along Shayna Baszler retain the NXT women's championship against Mia Yim um, this maybe could have been the low point of the night but um, Bleacher Report still gave this like an, a B plus match a B plus grade and that was like the lowest grade on the night. So when the lowest grade of the night is a B plus for your pay-per-view, I mean, that's pretty damn good to me. All the rest of them got like A's. Um, don't really know many people who thought Mia Yim was going to win this match. Um, Shayna Baszler has been a wrecking crew through the women's division for however long uh, she's had the title for the second time uh, and then we have the um, triple threat match for the North American title uh, Velveteen Dream retained his North American title against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong so I know some people were picking Roger Strong to win, but I just had a feeling Velveteen Dream was going to win, and he did. Pretty good match, although it uh, wasn't a, a great match, but a pretty good match. Um, yeah, I figure these three guys, you know, seven days a week and twice on Sunday could put in uh, a great match. This one is borderline B plus, A minus grade for me. Um, but still a pretty darn good match considering. And then the uh, last match of the night was Adam Cole versus Johnny uh, Gargano in what was basically a three stages of hell match. The first fall went to Adam Cole, and that was like a normal rules match. And then the second fall went to Gargano, and that was like a street fight um, match. So it was tied 1-1, one one. and the third stipulation was decided by William Regal. He came out and decided on a steel cage barbed wire match. Um, I heard, you know, a lot of people, you know, like, well, if they have a steel cage, Matt, if they have a steel cage hanging from the top, how could people not know that that was going to be the third stipulation? Well, apparently they had some, like a, like a curtain or something over it, like covering it or something. I don't know. Apparently you couldn't really see it on TV. Um, so that was the third stipulation. And I don't know the last time I saw barbed wire in a WWE match.
but this is a rare, rare occurrence to see barbed wire in a WWE match. Um, you know, it was a damn good match. A hellacious match. They both, both beat the hell out of each other. And Coleman ended up hitting the Panama Sunrise or whatever off the ladder and covering them, covering Gargano for the three. And Adam Cole retains. I hear a lot of people saying this is Gargano's last match in NXT. Now, I can see it both ways. I can see, you know, he's won the NXT title what, twice, I think. Um, and he's beaten just about everybody. Um, but I don't. don't necessarily see him as a main event guy on the next roster. I mean, he's not big. I mean, he's like my height. Like 5'10". You know, 5'11", whatever. And he's not big. I mean, he's probably like 200, 210 pounds probably at most. If he's more than 210, 215 and they're just lying. If it is, then that was a pretty damn good match uh, to be as your last in NXT. Uh, let's move on to SummerSlam. Oh, by the way, NXT uh, predictions. I did them on the show last week, and I was 5 for 5 in NXT. So, not bad at all. Later than I expected, I expected to miss at least one, as I normally always do. Uh, SummerSlam. Um, results. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, uh, pin the Iconics uh, to retain their women's tag team titles. Uh, Apollo Crews. And Buddy Murphy was a no contest when uh, Eric Rowan came out and attacked Buddy Murphy for whatever reason. Not sure the storyline there. But Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy was a no contest. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Natalia, which wasn't much of a surprise to much of anybody. Uh, Goldberg defeated Ziggler in like a two or three minute squash match. Um, again, not much of a surprise to anybody. Um, uh, next match, uh, AJ Styles defeated Ricochet to retain his U.S. Championship. This was a surprise to me. I picked... Ricochet with the upset. So, I got that one wrong. AJ Styles retains. Bailey defeated Ember Moon. I know some people picked Ember Moon, but Bailey just had a feeling Bailey was going to win and not lose the title just yet. Um, and the Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon match. Um, Shane McMahon came out there and said that there's going to be a special 
enforcer for the match and it was Elias. Basically, every time KO like mounted a little bit of a flurry, a little bit of momentum against Shane, Elias would sort of interfere and Shane, or not Shane, but uh, KO would basically have to put Elias back in his place. But Owens eventually hit the stunner, which uh, I know Stone Cold had, uh, gave KO his blessing on using the stunner. He said he doesn't care if he uses it and says that it's great that K <laughs> KO is using the stunner as his finisher. So KO ends up winning and he is not. Uh, fired from WWE. Uh, next match, uh, Charlotte Flair defeated Trish Stratus with the figure eight. So the Canadians in this uh, pay-per-view are two for one, or one and two rather, with KO having the only win. This got an A grade on. Um, Bleacher Report, and this is pretty much going to be Trish's last, last match, or so they hinted. Um, Kofi and Randy Orton, and this match sort of pissed me off. Um, ended in a double count out. You know, it's, it's one thing if it's, you know, a DQ or one person gets counted out, you still have a winner and a loser. Um, but in double count out, it's just a fucking draw. It really pissed me off. Um, I had Kofi winning, but it was double count out, so that goes to a draw. Um, after the match, Kofi attacked Orton. Beat him down pretty good with a kendo stick. Um. Uh, next match was Bray Wyatt as The Fiend, and I dig his new theme music. Um, really badass theme music. like it ten times better than the old theme music. Uh, he defeated uh, Finn Balor. Um, Bray used the Mandible Claw to get the win. Mick uh, Foley has come out online saying that the Mandible Claw is Bray Wyatt's move now. So basically, Mick Foley is giving Bray his blessing on using the Mandible Claw. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Mandible Claw. I think it's a pretty damn good move, especially for his character. You know, it's a very personal sort of move. Like putting your hand in somebody's mouth and basically choking them. You know. Um, and also Bray... Did sort of the simulated, simulated breaking um, or snapping uh, Finn Balor's neck. He did the thing where, like, Finn Balor was on his knees in front of him and took him from behind, took his neck or his head from behind, and basically snapped it uh, to the right, basically simulating that he snapped Finn Balor's neck. But Finn Balor sort of no sold it. He just sort of just went to the went to the apron. Or to the canvas and just lay there 
like, you know, you've snapped somebody's neck. I mean, they're gonna twitch and stuff a little bit before they finally, you know, settle down. Um, and that one got an A-plus rating, I guess, mainly for how good the Bray Wyatt being the character came off. Came off really well. Um, and also another thing about Bray, um, WWE is already putting out merchandise for him. Um, they have, um, like, two different Fiend masks. They're going for, like, about 30, 35 bucks here in the U.S. Um, they're coming out with, like, a pair of gloves. That, like, he wears. That, like, say something on it. I forgot what, what exactly they say on it. Like, a pair of gloves. They're coming out with, like, a, the Mercy the Buzzard puppet. They're coming with, um... Fuck, what's the guy? The Ramblin' Rabbit puppet, and they're coming out with a version of the Vince puppet. It's not exactly the same puppet um, as the one that was on TV. It's like more of like a furry animal type of Vince. Um, it doesn't have like the horns or anything. It doesn't have like a, but it does have like a human face. You could tell it's modeled after Vince, but that one's a puppet as well. So, that merchandise will be there soon enough. And probably going to be some hot sellers among them. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar in uh, upset. I had Brock win in that match. Uh, Seth is the new Universal Champion. And this match got an A-plus as well from Bleacher Report. Um, this match was really good um, I think maybe the most uh, notable thing was how Brock really put Seth over in this match and that's a thing that Brock Lesnar doesn't do very often putting people over um, you know Rollins won clean <clears throat> he won clean and didn't have to use uh, like weapons or a low blow or something like that to win. So the fact that uh, Rollins won clean and didn't have to use any chicanery or anything like that really makes the win just that much stronger. Um, don't know, um, you know, if they're gonna have a match. Brock and Rollins are gonna have a match at the next pay-per-view, which I think is Money in the Bank, I think. Not sure. But overall, not a bad SummerSlam pay-per-view. But I'd definitely give it a solid B. Um, the good was really good. Um, the bad was, you know, not good. But overall, a solid uh, little pay-per-view here considering how they normally do uh, so my predictions for SummerSlam I got eight correct got two wrong and one was a draw so overall for the two uh, pay-per-views I was 13 13 correct two wrong and one draw so, not bad at all. I was definitely surprised at how well I did. 
let's move on to the, uh, some things that happened on Raw. Raw, uh, Bray Wyatt came out with like a severed head. Or this was on SummerSlam, rather. Uh, Bray Wyatt came out with like a severed head lantern thing, which is pretty cool. Um, so now let's move on to Raw. Uh, Sasha came back on Raw. That was one of the highlights of Raw. Um, I don't really particularly care if I ever saw her again. Just how much of a bitch she comes off, like interacting with uh, fans and um, just online. She came back and she attacked uh, Becky like a chair or whatever. Um, King of the Ring was announced uh, to be re returning next week on Raw. There's going to be 16 participants. And it's going to be taking place over the next few weeks with the final for the King of the Ring being at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view in Charlotte. Which is, I think it's September, September, October, whatever. Um, you know, this is the first King of the Ring I think they've had since um, whatever it was. I think it's been probably four, four, maybe five years or so since they've had a King of the Ring tournament doesn't really mean much anymore these days um, definitely not as much as it meant like in the 90s um, Paige is uh, set to get neck surgery again um, Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander Pretty darn good match on Raw. Um, this you can uh, put this one in the match yet? No, you weren't C file. As far as McIntyre and Cedric Alexander, because you got this big jacked up guy who's like you know whatever six eight six ten whatever versus another guy who's also jacked. Cedric Alexander's pretty jacked, but he's like whatever six foot or whatever. At the tallest, like six foot. But it had a pretty damn good match. Um, uh, moving along. Uh, the Usos had to cancel like an autograph something, a meet and greet. Uh, that was supposed to be. Uh, Whenever they were in Canada there, over the weekend, SummerSlam weekend, because Jimmy Uso can't leave the country right now because of the whole DUI thing. So, you know, there's another um, consequence of him not being a dumbass getting arrested. Um, so it's not just affecting him, you know, obviously it's affecting. 
you know, his tag team as well. You know, his partner, his brother. Um, apparently, uh, Alicia Fox got in, uh, was like sent home from like, I don't know if it's from the SummerSlam weekend or if it was from Raw or what, but apparently it had something to do with alcohol. I'm not sure. I'll get more information on it and report it. Reported uh, next week that something happened backstage with Alicia Fox. Some sort of altercation, I think it was. Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns uh, had a really good match on Raw. Uh, Buddy Murphy ended up getting the win, I think it was. But, you know, Buddy Murphy is a guy who has been impressing on. 205 Live for quite a while now. You know, he was the Cruiserweight Champion for a pretty long while. And, uh, you know, you heard some, some good things and some, some praise um, about 205 Live over the past, you know, four, five, six months or so. About him having some pretty decent matches and consistently pretty decent matches. Um, particularly including Buddy Murphy and I'm guessing with how good of a match he had with Roman they're probably going to have a little storyline or something um, and also it looks like maybe Buddy Murphy is going to be like moved up to the main roster at least permanently for right now anyway but a really good match um, AJ uh, Styles challenged uh, Seth Rollins to a title versus title match at Money in the Bank um, while like Seth was doing sort of his, you know, his sort of addressing the crowd after winning the title. Um, and Seth accepted, so I always like these title versus title matches. It seems like they used to do them a lot more back in the the 90s. Um, maybe it's just me. I mean, I don't think they ever did them that often back then. But I always like these title versus title matches. And I hope one of them wins clean and, you know, basically two titles on one guy. Because I always like that look. Having two titles on one guy. Moving along here. Uh, Dolph Ziggler apparently quit, and I, you can't see it, but I'm using quit with quotation marks here. WWE, um, apparently the match against Goldberg was going to be Dolph's last match. Um, but instead of that being his last match, it looks like the match against The Miz is going to be Dolph's last match. Apparently they were just gonna go separate ways but I guess they agreed upon just letting his contract run out some people are not buying a lot of people aren't buying it because they've done this thing before where there were rumors of Dolph um you know not re-signing with WWE or whatever 
no remains to be seen, you know. I mean, there's nothing official from WWE or from Dolph, but you know, it'll come out in time uh, whether or not he actually is done with WWE. Um, you know, some people are saying that you know they're not releasing him at, or anything. Basically, basically they're let, just letting his contract run out to prevent prevent him from signing with AEW, at least in the near term, I mean, you know, once he leaves WWE, you know, his contract runs out or whatever, I mean, obviously he's able to, he's free to sign with whoever he wants, I mean, WWE can't stop him, but it seems anyway that that was possibly Ziggler's uh, last match in WWE against The Miz, and it's a shame that it his career in WWE would be a loss. Um, and I think the last thing we got for this week. Um, apparently Triple H was on like a conference call or something like that. After the NXT or whatever. And you know this is something he normally does. You know Facebook Live or conference call whatever it was. Um, and Mike Johnson from PW Insider basically asked him, how do you uh, rectify the fact that Vince said that there wasn't going to be blood and guts on WWE, but in the Cole versus Gargano match there was blood, and basically Vince, or not Vince, but a Triple H, basically played it pretty much as perfectly. Uh, as he could. Um, he basically said, what blood? And, you know, basically said, oh, there was a little bit of blood in Gargano. And Adam Cole's match, he's like, come on, you're, you know, basically you're gonna, you're reaching for that right there. A guy gets accidentally cut on his back, you know, by, on the table. Like, you're reaching for that one. You're really reaching for that one. And basically, he said that he's not even going to dignify it with a response. Because it was just a small little cut on, um, I think it was Cole's back. It wasn't like a big gash. Like, we're not talking like, you know, like Bob Holly getting that big old, like, gash on his back, you know. Basically, I think, you know, it's pretty much just Mike Johnson trying to make H look stupid which isn't a smart thing to do because Triple H is pretty damn smart I mean he's a guy who isn't gonna you know let some little dirt cheat rider get to him that much you can tell Triple H I mean was ticked off of course but I mean, he's able to keep us cool because he's a fucking professional He's an executive. He knows he can't just pull off a handle and cuss him out or whatever, which I'm sure he wanted to do. But, you know, Mike Johnson basically, fuck you. And this is me saying it to him, not saying that Triple H said that to him. Um, he basically was just looking to get like a headline, you know, to put on fucking social media or on the website or whatever that he works for. 
especially if not I'm not familiar with Mike Johnson's work, but from what I've heard other people saying, he's basically the dirt sheet writer of the dirt sheet writers. Like, yeah, he'll report just about anything if it means that, you know, he's the first to report it or whatever. Um, but Triple H played this really well. Didn't, you know, get suckered into the whole, you know, he could have very easily got pissed off and just told him off. He's very calm, you know, relatively calm. And so he's really reaching for that one. And so that it wasn't blood and guts. It was some guy, you know, there's a, well, not some guy, but it was a guy who accidentally got cut on the table spot. You know, it wasn't intentional. They had barbed wire in that match, but nobody got cut from the barbed wire or anything. They, they teased. And then Mike Johnson tried to backtrack a little bit, saying, well, you know, I was talking about, you know, I meant uh, the teasing of uh, blood and guts with the barbed wire and stuff. He's like, motherfucker, that's not what the fuck you asked. You first, you try to goat him into the fact that um, Adam Cole or whoever got a little cut on his back from accidentally from a table. You try to goat him into that. Triple H doesn't take the bait and basically it just shuts you down from that angle and then you go and say well uh, um, it was basically uh, you guys are basically teasing uh, you know the bullet and guts you know with the barbed wire and this stuff and all the weapons and stuff in the ring and Triple H again just shut him down he's like yeah we tease stuff in this business this is an entertainment business we're not gonna do, you know, the stuff we did with, uh, you know, blood and guts that we did, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, with people getting backdropped on tacks or people wearing, you know, the crimson mask and all this stuff. We, you know, moved on from that. But that doesn't mean we're not ever gonna use blood again or blood might not accidentally, you know, ha happen, which was the case in this match. Triple H played this really well, and, you know, I listened to, you know, other podcasts, and they pretty much said, said the same thing, that Triple H played it off really well. Um, so, Mike Johnson, fuck you for trying to go, Triple H, and thank you, Triple H, for not taking a bait on that, and remaining calm and cool and collected. That's why you're a fucking executive in the company. So that pretty much does it uh, for uh, this week. Oh, there is one uh, last thing. It's not uh, wrestling related, but it was in the news. Pretty big thing in the news. Apparently, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. If you don't know who he is, he's basically a high profile. Uh, child predator. He was arrested and convicted one time already. He spent time in jail in Florida, I think it was. But, you know, he was a big, like, finance guy, and he co-mingled with the president and a bunch of other, like, powerful people. And he ended up getting arrested again for, like, uh, 
soliciting, like, you know, whatever. Sex with a minor or whatever. So he basically was going to go to jail again, and this being the second time, was probably going to be in jail for a long time, but he ended up, uh, I guess, hanging himself in jail. Um, I guess it was Saturday morning, they found him. And he had already tried to commit suicide before, and they put him on like 24 7 suicide watch for like a few days, and I guess deemed that he wasn't a threat to himself anymore, so they took him off. Um, and he ended up doing it. Um, basically, a lot of people are saying that there could be a conspiracy here because he was a high profile guy and he knew a lot of people and hanged out with a lot of very powerful people and basically you know during the course of the trial he was basically set to expose uh, some very powerful people and some things that those people would not want to be exposed of you know The implication there is maybe some sort of uh, money transaction things that aren't so scrupulous um, and also you know obviously the, the pedophilia thing he was going to out some very powerful people um, but he didn't get a chance to do it um, He's dead, and basically there's a bunch of conspiracy theories, you know, that he wasn't, he didn't kill himself or whatever, that he was murdered, um, so there's that, I saw a thing, this was yesterday, basically the coroner or something found that he had like broken bones in his neck, which was either consistent with like a beating or possibly strangulation um, not necessarily a hanging um, which is how they found them I guess he used like a bed sheet or something um, so who knows what you know but he's dead so I guess you know we'll never know who those people were or what they did you know, this was going to be a really, really high-profile case. It was probably going to be reported just about, you know, once the trial start started. It was probably going to be reported on basically every day on, like, the national news and stuff until it was over. And, of course, the news was going to be waiting for some of those names to drop and what those names, you know, possibly did. So, uh, moving on, we want to get to, uh, we're going to wrap it up here with uh, the podcast shoutouts for this week. Uh, check out all these podcasts, including Don Tony, Kevin Castle Show, Goes Live, Mixler, Mondays on Mixler, right after Raw at 11 p.m. Check out uh, Wrestling Soup, Anthony Missionary Thomas, Joe Numbas. They go live on Mixler Thursdays at 9.30. Check out the Solid Monster Sounds Off. 
His new episodes drop on Sundays. Check out Suplex City Limits. Their new episodes normally drop on Saturdays. Check out Get in the Corner. Uh, they go live on Mixler Wednesdays at about 9.30. Check out the WNC Super Party. Papa Dave, Johnny Florida, Michael Andalini, and sometimes Old Man Jenkins. They go live on Mixler right after Wrestling Soup on Thursday nights. Check out the Trademark Show with Tyler. His uh, new shows normally drop, uh, I think, on the weekends sometime. Check out the Inhuman Experience with Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades, and also Bobby Anthem's solo show in Search for My Lost Soul. Those episodes don't have a time, uh, a set time. They just record whenever they have uh, time. Uh, check out the Transcontinental Project with Luke Birch and Sensible Sam. They go live on Mixler Tuesdays at about 10.15. And check out Wrestling OD. With uh, Shaheen. Um, his uh, last episode was a good one. Um, his guest was Jim Vicious from Super Saiyan Limits. So check out that episode. Uh, and check out Dirt Sheet Dudes with Boxman and Anthony from formerly of the THT podcast. And that does it for the podcast shoutouts. And this does does it for episode uh, of early scheduled hostility for August 16th. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at EricTurner5. That's Eric with a K, Turner5. Um, I'm probably going to be uh, posting uh, a little poll next week basically letting you guys choose what the theme song will be for regular regularly scheduled hostility um, so look out for that probably on Tuesday and either that week or maybe the next week I'll have um, we will have a new uh, themes like permanent theme song for RSH. So uh, this weekend isn't going to be as active as last weekend for wrestling. So I'm thinking next week maybe get into some more sports or maybe uh, more news topics um, since there's not going to be as much wrestling going on between now and next Friday. Hope to talk about a little bit about uh, New Japan next week because I think by this time next week we will have the new G1 uh, champion. I think will have already been crowned. So I'll uh, talk with you guys again uh, next week. Thank you guys for listening, and until then, take care, guys.